Welcome to Global Truth Center. So I want to go through a couple of Quest's lyrics. Uh, he's quite a lyricist, and there's, a, there's such a great... Um, message here, don't grow up too fast, you know? How, how many people spent their lives trying to grow up? Remember when you were younger and you couldn't wait to be older? Yeah. Like Will recently started wearing glasses and I said, I didn't realize you needed glasses. He goes, I don't, it just makes me look older. <laughs> and now he wears glasses all the time. I'm like, you know, you're gonna actually need them someday. He went, no, I'm never gonna need them, but I'm always gonna want them. But this idea of having to grow up, when we're little, when we're young, when we're like you guys' age, even younger, much younger, your birthday was Friday, so how old did you turn? 20. 20. No more teenager stuff for you. Yes. yes. But you're going to come to an age where you're going to be like, God, teenage, remember that? <laughs> so don't rush. Listen to his song. Don't grow up too fast. So I love this line. He says, we appreciate your argument, but not everything has to make sense. Oh my God, if only my students believed that. <laughs> that not everything has to make sense. I teach religious science. So I'm constantly trying to teach this understanding of spirituality from a scientific point of view, but there just comes a time every now and then where you just don't have a scientific answer for what we're talking about, like the heart or the mind in certain cases. And there has to come a time when we say, stop trying to make sense out of all this stuff. <laughs> and just allow yourself to actually know, you know? So don't try to make sense out of it. Everything ha does not have to make sense. Listen to your heart, he says in the song, and you will find. Listen to your heart. And a lot of what I'm gonna talk about today is about the heart. He also says, I love this, this song isn't meant to be a lecture. Doesn't everything sometimes feel like a lecture when, when it's coming at you? I hope you never feel like I'm up here lecturing because I don't give lectures. I don't want to give lectures. I don't want to lecture people. I like just talking. Do you notice that? <laughs> I just like to talk and I like to, to, to make sense out of things in my life. And by making sense out of things in my life, I just like to know that it helps you make things, but sense out of things in your life. That's my only real job up here. Um, so this song isn't meant to be a lecture. And then he says, just don't grow up too fast. Take your time. I think most of us do grow up too fast. And, and parents out there, you know, I've given this a lot of thought since I heard um, Quest's song. I had to go back and see myself. How... how how much do I try to get my children to grow up fast, to grow up, be, a, be an adult, grow up, take responsibility? You know, I love Deepak Chopra. No, Don Miguel Ruiz, one of them with their children. <laughs> I, think it was, I think it's Deepak Chopra. It is, Deepak Chopra. His whole concept of child rearing was to let his children live their life from joy and to just have fun. And that if they're willing to really follow their joy and follow their passion, they would inevitably find the passion that becomes their life's journey, and he would never have to worry about them. That's how he handled child rearing. And I remember reading that at a certain age and doing my best to do that. I don't care what you do, so long as you're passionate about it. 
and it makes a lot of money. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's actually part of the equation because one of the things Deepak Chopra said was, my children will never have to worry about money, not because I'm rich, but because if they follow their passion and let that passion lead them into their journey, they will always be rich. They will always manage to, to make whatever they need. And I believe that. I fully believe that, which is why you know, we've spent so much time with our children. You know, to, and, and, and certainly with Nora's passing, which is, we're about to come up on the, on the anniversary. You know, I look, at, I look at it now and I just think, all the things that we think our children should do for the future, you know, that, what a waste of time to spend so much time worrying about the future when there's really only the present moment and it can be gone. You know, it doesn't, doesn't I don't miss the, I, the fact that Nora was up on the stage with me that day <clears throat> that she passed, just having a good old time, and then by the, by the time I went to bed that night, she was pretty much gone. You know, so, but that's, I don't mean to depress anyone or go into a sad vein, because actually I'm going to talk about that today, how we get past all of that. You know, and it's about not taking ourselves so freaking seriously that we are forgetting how to live as the child wonder we are. That's what today, and that's what your song brings to me, even though I'm sure it was a renegade song about don't make me grow up. <laughs> no? Okay. It felt like that. When I heard it, I went, I would have sang that as a teenager. Don't make me grow up. Oh, you said yeah for you? Okay. Um, so the next lyric. Here you go, guys. And I can name a couple of you by, by name. Pick up a guitar and lay that hammer down. What a great concept, Quest. How many things are we holding in our hands? How many things are we doing in our life that we don't want to be doing, but we think we should be doing, have to be doing? I got to hold this hammer and do this work to make this money. But what I really want to be doing, I want to be over there playing the guitar. Thank you. So many of you know what your hammers are and what this young man, how old are you now? 19, is trying to tell us, put them the heck down and go over and pick up your guitar and find your passion. Find out where your greatness is. We're not going to find our greatness in doing things that we think we have to do to make money. You know, some people talk about money being the devil. Well, sometimes the idea of having to make it can be the devil. Money's not. Money is God in action. Money is everywhere. If we got clear on prosperity, there'd be a lot more guitars in hands than hammers. If everybody really understood prosperity from a simple state of consciousness, the money would be there, now we get to do what's ours to do, the passion of what's ours to do. He says, we all know, <laughs> great, we all know that you love to work, but sometimes you have to pull a smirk from a face that's known its fair share of frowns. Isn't that a great lyric? We all know that you love to work, but sometimes you have to pull a smirk from a face that's known its fair share of frowns. So, lighten up. Smile occasionally. Do you, ever, do you ever look at yourself during the day and see if you're smiling? See if your face is reflecting the joy that you are, or if you are just hard at work at something you probably don't even want to be doing. So, I'm not telling anybody they should go out and quit their jobs, by the way. Just telling you. No one should go out and quit their jobs unless they have the consciousness to quit their jobs. There's a difference. Okay? The title of my talk today is The Thing About Grown-Ups. Oh. 
I picked this slide all by myself because I, I wasn't liking the slides sent to me, and I went, I'll find what I want. And this is what I want. I mean, how young do we start being old? Uh-huh. You are never too old to be young. You are never too old to be young. But I think we spend so much of our lives trying to be serious that we lose our greatness. We lose what was great about us when we were perhaps young enough to not care what everybody else was doing or thinking or saying. Mahatma Gandhi said this, our greatness lies not so much in being able to remake the world. I said this on Saturday in my class yesterday. <laughs> our greatness lies not so much in being able to remake the world. That is the myth of the atomic age. Our greatness lies in being able to remake ourselves. Your greatness lies in the ability of you to remake your life any way you want to make it. And I started you earlier today by just asking you, pick something. Pick it, and in three minutes, be done with it. That's how facile your mind is. You can decide something, and it instantly, in that moment of decision, starts to demonstrate. That's how powerful your mind is, if you are willing to not only know it, but to put it in action. Um, in, the, in the lyric, Quest talks about listen to your heart. So um, you all know that we're on our beta testing of Welcome Home, and I've been having a, a little bit of a chest cold this week, and so when I got to Welcome Home yesterday, driving here, I was thinking, okay, I've got five hours. <clears throat> I didn't cough once. I haven't coughed much since. Since I got here, there were five hours I got here at 8 o'clock, 8.30, and we were here till 4.30, so that's actually eight hours. But six classes, spiritual practice, being in this room for six hours, laying on a yoga mat for most of it, teaching one of the sessions, but feeling the consciousness of this room, the energy of this room. And the final session of the day was a session given by Reverend Helen on heart math, meditations of the heart. And I was, I've been very heavy all week, very heavy-hearted this week, very heavy-minded this week. Um, I think as we're getting closer to Nora's anniversary, it's getting heavier and heavier on me. And it's been very difficult this week, which doesn't surprise me then that I end up with a chest cold because the mind always sends the body something to distract it. So I've had to deal with this chest cold. But I'm also dealing with this heavy-heartedness. And all of the all of the, what happened last year and what happened in the week before and what happened in the week after and what happened the day of and it's just the heavy heartedness. And so during Helen's session, um, the idea of the heart being a, a, an intelligence, the heart actually being smarter than the mind, the heart thinks. When it says the heart knows, it's not that the heart knows because you thought the heart knows. The heart just knows. When we operate from the heart, we are operating on a very different level than we are op when we are operating from the mind. They are connected, to be sure, because it's all one thing. But where do you put your focus? Do you put your focus on your heart? Do you put your focus on your mind? And what happened during that session yesterday, Reverend Helen said, what is your heart telling you? What is your heart telling you? And as I was laying there, 
and, and this gorgeous video is playing of these mountains and trees. It was just, you know, and the room's dimly lit, and there's this beautiful aromatherapy. It was just an amazing, amazing day. But when we got to the end of the day, and she said, what is your heart telling you? The floodgates came, because my heart told me that I'm fine. My heart said, you are okay. Everything's okay. And, I'm, and, and all of a sudden, I was so clear my heart and my mind tell me different things at times. And it depends which one am I willing to listen to. Am I willing to listen to my heart that's saying, you're fine, it's all fine. Or do I go up here and start reliving everything and cause myself such mental, emotional anguish? And so when she said, what is your heart telling you? She then said, after that, and when that all started coming, then she said, what is weighing on your mind? And I, I kind of beat her to the punch because as soon as that happened, I went, oh my God. And I, I, literally, I felt like the scarecrow. <laughs> and I was like, so what is weighing on my mind? Of course, what's weighing on my mind is not the truth. In fact, it's the relative facts from the past. But what's weighing on my heart is all of the emotion that the mind is throwing at it making the heart really have to handle some crazy stuff. <laughs> and so, laying there, I really started to understand this mind-heart thing. You know, which is which, and which one benefits me the most, and where do I lead, which one do I want to lead me? And then she said, give whatever that is to your heart. And I thought to myself, I've been giving everything that is to my heart, and my heart has been overwhelming. And then I hear my heart say to me, I just told you I was fine. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's my mind that's saying I'm overwhelmed. It's not my heart. My heart can take anything, anything. And since I've just had my heart checkup, and they told me it's amazingly strong, um, <laughs> as if they have to tell me that, uh, but they do every year. So... I already know that, but sometimes I don't know that because I'm up here. You know, in this month of being great, the grateful, full of greatness, the greatness is right here, folks, right here in your heart. There's your greatness, not just your mind. We say your mind is your greatest tool. Perhaps your mind's your greatest tool to get to your heart, but your heart is your greatest asset. The heart knows what to do with it. So the title being the thing, the thing about grown-ups. Grown-ups forget to balance our heart-mind connection. I think grown-ups, part of the idea of the thing about grown-ups, we go from this young area where we know it all. A anybody who's a parent knows that children know it all. <laughs> and they will be happy to tell you that they are correct and you are wrong when they're little. I remember the story of Nora, and I've told this, but some of you haven't heard it, of when we were out riding bikes, or they were riding bikes, they were in those little bikes, the little tr things with the training wheels, and we stopped at Jamie Klein's house to say hi, because they're in the neighborhood, and when we left, Nora wouldn't put on her sweater, and I was like, Nora, it's too chilly, you cannot ride your bike without a sweater, and she was like, no, and she said, I don't need a sweater, and I was like, well, you're not getting on the bike without the sweater, now Will's doing wheelies around the, waiting for us to fight. And um, finally, I said, you don't get to ride the bike without putting a sweater on. And she just said, no. <laughs> and I went, great. I took her under this arm, the bike under this arm, and I walked all the way home. Yeah. 
with, by the way, her screaming the entire way. I was waiting for child services any moment to show up. She's just screaming, I hate you! And it's just like all the way home. And Will's riding the bike going, ha, ha, ha. Because she's never in trouble, ever. So he loved that moment. I then went to, at the time I was working with a parenting counselor to help me because I was a young father. I was you know, new at this. And I went and I'm telling her the story, of course thinking, I did this amazing thing. I showed her and she looked at me, she went, was it cold? And I said, well, I thought it might be chilly. She goes, do you not trust her to know when she's cold or not cold? <laughs> now I'm becoming the child. I'm like, well. Um. <laughs> and the counselor said, frankly, all you did was show her that you get to win an argument and that she doesn't have power because you're so much bigger than her. <laughs> I left there destroyed. <laughs> I like, and we had him every other weekend that I had to wait for the next weekend to get her and just say, Nora, you were so right. And all she said to me, I'll never forget this moment. I sat her down, I went, honey, remember when I picked you up and carried you? And she goes, yes. I said, blah, blah, blah. I said, you were right. You know what's best for you. She goes, I know. <laughs> so as I was saying, children know what they know and they're right. Somewhere along the line, you and I, as we continue to grow, even into our 20s and start, living out in the world with race consciousness everywhere, we start doing this thing of letting our mind lead us, letting our thoughts, letting the behavior, the race consciousness, everything that's going on, and we forget somehow to tap back into our hearts and check in with our hearts. This heart math that we will be including in Welcome Home, it is so important to learn how to breathe into your heart to learn how to listen to your heart, to learn how to get rid of your mind and all of your thoughts, to perhaps take you back to when you actually knew before you started thinking about it. In the Bible, it says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Never has that quote meant more to me than when I read it last night as I was looking for my quotes. As a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. Not as a man thinketh in his mind. That's not it. As a man thinketh in his heart. The heart thinks. There is that in you that knows. It knows. Your heart knows. I think it's time in this month of understanding our greatness to start getting back into listening to our hearts getting quiet, taking the spiritual practice, the time it takes to listen to our hearts and see what our hearts are telling us. I guarantee you, you are going to find in yourself something that's coming through here that's not coming through here. In fact, maybe in contradiction to it. Trust this. Because this is the basis of everything that's been thought or is still thinking or is in that world of race consciousness. Ernest Holmes said, the old Greek philosophers understood something of the meaning of thought. What we expect, said Aristotle, that we find. What we wish, said Demosthenes, that we believe. And Shakespeare is accredited with saying, there is nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. I think good and bad come from the mind, not the heart. I don't think the heart knows from good and bad. I think the heart only knows from good. I think the heart only knows from truth. I think the heart only knows from the authentic truth of your life. 
but the mind does all of that other stuff. So I would like this church center, (laughs) this congregation to be on the path of throwing away our walkers, which is our thoughts, throwing away all those things that we think we need as we get older. Actually throw away any idea of old age or being old or being grown up. I think it's time to get back to the heart, really get back to the heart and ask ourselves, what do I need to know from the heart, not from the mind? And I'm not saying you should all shut your minds off. That's not it at all. But I think if we allow our hearts to lead, our minds are going to be the better for it. Our minds are going to start thinking from here. And they're going to, you're going to infiltrate the mind from the heart as opposed to the other way around. Because I will tell you, um, to finish my story, as I laid there yesterday, I became very clear that my mind could literally derail the rest of my life if I let it. My grief is so palpable that if I process this grief through my mind, I will, beget, I will become debilitating because I feel it at times. But I know now that it's my mind because when I turn that grief around to my heart, it's a very different feeling. I have a very different sense of it all. I sense Nora right here with me, saying, you're fine, and I know. So that's where I think we need to be going. Brene Brown said, I don't have to chase extraordinary moments to find happiness. It's right in front of me when I'm paying attention and practicing the art of being grateful. So my gift today to all of us is this understanding that in the greatness that you are, in the fullness of your greatness, there is that in you that is so powerful, so capable of handling anything you give it, if you give it over to that in you that knows. And that in you that knows is your heart consciousness. Namaste. Hi, this is Dr. James Mellon, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message and ask you for your support. Your tax-deductible donation to Global Truth Center ensures that we can continue to provide you with this form of inspiration each week. To make a contribution now, please visit our website at globaltruthcenter.org. Again, thanks for listening. Namaste.